Vote early and often for your... Oh, how do you vote? Do you vote for the person that you want eliminated? You've been or on this you, show for four want... years. Why are you asking me? It hasn't been four years. It feels like four years. It hasn't been quite that long. Four seasons. I don't even think it's been a year yet. Let me see. Hold on. This is our 50th episode. Where's my so. fact checker? Is it number 50? Yeah. 52 weeks in a and year. Cover here by Bateman. So obviously it hasn't been a year. I heard this is the last season of NXT. Who told you that? I, I honestly don't know that. Probably isn't true. <laughs> now you're just probably, making up news. Why don't you tweet that? that? The future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. Your boy Nando O'Brien and your boy L Truth. No rhymes. All the opposite of lies. Uh, they rhymed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it's got to rhyme or else uh, or else we have to do like another take. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> We'll be here all night. <laughs> I know, right? You just be glad that I won't take Jake this stuff. I know. <laughs> or else, uh, imagine if it was like me trying to do it. We'd be here all night. <laughs> just like, I'd be like, Jake. <sighs> no, I can't Gorilla. use it. <laughs> it's like, you'll be like, just say snake. Damn it. <laughs> Serpent. No. No. <laughs> Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, thank you again for joining us on our uh, anniversary episode last week with our good friend Rye Guy. That was super fun. Uh, like we had mentioned on the uh, at the end of that one, we'll definitely bring him back for a, a future episode. Uh, and yeah, and if you haven't checked that out, I would highly recommend to go check that one out because it was our first time doing a uh, three-person podcast was that a, a triple threat podcast triple, match? yeah yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how we advertised it too <laughs> uh but yeah i would uh highly recommend to check that one hopefully it kind of gives you the vibe that we've known each other for years <laughs> nice <laughs> uh so yeah this is actually also another special episode in itself because technically we've already gone past the 50 podcast mark if you count the other episodes uh with like our one fall series and just like some of our bonus ones but technically this is the 50th episode of nxt that we've covered um and as you heard in the sound clip that i inserted at the beginning of this episode uh i'm really happy that todd grisham also acknowledged this during this episode where uh he he was saying like um Oh yeah, like NXT hasn't even been a year old yet. Like this is barely like episode fifty, and I was like, "Yes, that means we are doing our job as as professional uh, journalists." <laughs> nice, nice, very well said. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is episode fifty, which to me is kind of crazy because I swear I know we covered a lot of this already with our um, two year anniversary episode, but it's still kind of crazy to think back like how we've already gone through 50 of these you know <laughs> you know what's the craziest thing about that to me is that we're only in the year 2011 <laughs> i know <laughs> that is and and like i said i what we were talking about before we started recording it's like uh, we would have been a lot further along already too if it wasn't for uh shelter in place and everything mm-hmm. uh like i'm pretty sure we would have at least been halfway through uh 2011 at least at least by that far i think we might have been in like season five <laughs> yeah 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 for sure like at least like wrapping up season five or or at yeah. least yeah, yeah that that for sure probably would have still been in 2011 <laughs> yeah 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 i'm pretty sure yeah we're gonna be in the long haul for that one but we'll <laughs> we'll definitely figure out once we get there uh but yeah let's let's go ahead and get this show on the road where yeah as i mentioned this is episode 50 uh episode nine in season four if uh yeah if 
if folks have been following along like from previous episodes i don't know how <laughs> but yeah we are now uh fully migrated over into peacock so so far we're kind of watching these on youtube since uh we can't watch them until wwe or peacock decides to upload the older episodes of nxt you know what's weird about the youtube version is that the youtube version i don't know if it's either wwe uh had uploaded them originally in 2010 2011 with like a different uh speed bit rate or whatever but there's parts literally in that episode where i don't know if it's like by design or just the the quality of video that they uploaded but there's parts where like it literally like speeds up like in the speed of like the the audio uh so i don't know if they did on purpose to avoid like copyright or if it's just like a bad like uh quality video that they upload because yeah that's kind of the annoying part about watching the youtube versions is that like it's lower quality like audio the video is fine but it's just the audio that like randomly it just kind of speeds up in some some parts and then oh wow yeah yeah so yeah who knows like it's it's just really weird so hopefully they figure out this whole peacock thing and upload all the episodes on there but like it, it shouldn't affect our podcast anytime soon but um hopefully by the time we start getting into like the full sale era they finally upload those episodes on there that's so, true yeah. i did see something online where they were saying that i guess peacock doesn't have the the like live sport viewing controls or like i guess you can't like scrub during the live stuff the way you can on a network mm, okay I, have, I like i haven't tried it yeah 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 makes sense uh so yeah if you're watching these chronologically somehow uh that's why we always put like the the date and the number so hopefully that makes it a lot easier if you want to catch these episodes wherever they stream them (laughs) by by the time you're listening to this (laughs) who knows at this point yeah exactly all right so yeah this is uh episode 50 this one happened on february 1st 2011 at the nassau uh veterans memorial coliseum in long island new york uh i believe we've been here before not, not us personally but uh i was just about to say yeah. i ain't never been in new york <laughs> i was like let alone long island of all places <laughs> and trying uh, to find zach Ryder. yeah uh us not personally been there but just the nxt brand in itself uh so yeah kicking off this episode we uh we don't get a recap video but there is somewhat of a recap video later on in the episode but mm-hmm. we start off with the first segment, which is the NXT Rookie Arm Wrestling Challenge. Uh, this one was was pretty funny because I'm pretty sure you noticed it. But right off the bat, it felt like we were watching like a pirated version of NXT because the whole uh, setup now is inverted. So while we like kind of got used to oh yeah 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 because they had the the pros on like left side right yeah 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 and like they had even the stage where like that big wwe logo that was on the stage it was like on the opposite side now oh and, okay i knew there was something weird about that i was like what am i yeah this it, is weird it felt like i pirated the episode because everything's like that old school bootleg when you like they would have to like upload botchamania in reverse yeah 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 that's what that's what i thought it was too i was like did i click on wwe's official one or did i find a bootleg one or something you're hella watching some episode that somebody just uploaded yeah yeah so yeah i I double checked and yeah it was definitely the correct one but yeah i i remember wwe would do this sometimes especially in 2011 where all of a sudden for every broadcast, not just NXT, but for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, that they would all of a sudden just flip it where like the hard cam was now on the opposite side where it's like facing traditionally where the hard cam would be the opposite way. And I have hmm. no clue from a production angle why they would do something Maybe like that. Maybe it's like a, 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 a setup thing with the way, the, the way those buildings are set up. Maybe. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, we'll definitely watch, of course, next week's episode to kind of see if it's the standard or if, uh, yeah, if like if it was just that one time because of the arena. So yeah, now I'm kind of intrigued to to watch whatever 
like Raw or SmackDown was around this same episode too, and see if those sets were like kind of yeah. flipped. Yeah, yeah, because since we only cover NXT, like, uh, but I but I do remember when when we would go watch uh, live shows for when when they were around here. Yeah, I remember watching it at home sometimes. And for example, I think the one when we went to go see uh, Jody when he was like doing um, like a, a match uh, when I would watch the replay when they would play it on SmackDown. Yeah, it was like inverted camera as mm, well. Okay. So, so I do remember them doing it on these really weird uh, instances. But yeah, I, I just didn't get it <laughs> i got you yeah yeah but yeah so technically this is the first episode where they've done this inverted camera for nxt so it, that was the very first thing i noticed as soon as we started watching this episode mm. uh, um but yeah so in the beginning uh all the rookies come down with their pro except uh brodus which uh from last week's episode uh yeah he ended up trading pros where He's no longer managed by uh, Ted DiBiase, uh, but then Del Rio isn't there either. He's coming down with his boy Ricardo, and yeah, so I think they ask him why, and then Ricardo gets on the mic and says like, "Oh, you know, our newly uh, our new Royal Rumble winner is too busy at the moment to uh, kind of be on the show and everything." This, this was the forty man one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, he was just kind of. Uh, half king it where he's just saying like yeah del rio is not gonna be here tonight because he's too busy with other errands since now he's like the big shot <laughs> uh, i guess and that like that sucks for brodus it's like yeah man i got a new pro and he's not even here for me already <laughs> but yeah i it was it was good and bad because yeah it put over del rio even more because now it's like yeah he's he's too good to even be on mm, on this show now he's too prime time for this yeah <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so Ricardo's going to be his pro for the time being until we'll see how next week goes. And this challenge, yeah, it's going to be worth three points for the immunity. Uh, since there's only four guys, it's really easy pairings. So it's, uh, Johnny Curtis going up against Byron Saxton. Uh, yeah, Curtis just kind of beats him in the arm. And, you know, this is very similar to the arm wrestling challenge that they did during season three, I believe with the, Mm -hmm. with the, uh, with the women um so standard arm wrestling johnny curtis just kind of like beats saxon fairly quickly and then we have uh brodus going up against bateman um they i thought that was a funny line by todd grisham or yeah i think it was todd grisham where he said like oh yeah there's not gonna be any cheating this time around since you know bateman and brian had been cheating Mm -hmm. on on a previous one because there's a wwe official in the ring uh john cone and he sees everything so i I thought that was just like a funny dig at the the referees it it was weird for that like uh one thing i did notice for when it was clay versus bateman they were using their left hands when they were doing yeah um, yeah yeah yeah. it's like what is the are we switching hands yeah yeah i i was like that was interesting unless they're both like left-handed you guys both left-handed yeah yeah and never knew (laughs) uh so yeah then uh of course brodus kind of destroys him at that point and then in the final matchup we have johnny curtis going up against brodus and they kind of hold it for a brief period where like it looked like johnny curtis was at least evenly matched yeah 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 they were kind of hogan and uh andre and you know (laughs) just like Test of strength. Test of strength, yeah. Uh, but then all of a sudden, Brodus just kind of nails him with like a headbutt. <laughs> and uh, he gets DQ'd. Uh, the, of course, the audience and the fans just kind of boo him. And then uh, Stryker says that he's been DQ'd. So Johnny Curtis wins. Uh, really good because they obviously kind of set this up later on t- into the show. So uh, that's going to be some good points for me on the production end. But, nice. But yeah, I think this was a... Uh, pretty good segment like they it kind of got over something that they're they're setting up later and yeah they they did some really good storytelling with like what i mentioned about um dale rio and uh and brodus at that point nice yeah goddamn uh josh was trying to say like oh man he didn't headbutt him he was just trying to get some leverage and they showed the replay and he goes oh well yeah he headbutt him (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know (laughs) hilarious all right sweet all right so now you know after this we go 
essentially into our first match of the evening. Mm-hmm. We get um, Byron Sackton versus Chris Masters, mm-hmm. which to me is what the no, not to me, but this is the second time yeah, that yeah. they've met in a one-on-one. So the first time it was like what the were they pro and rookie or were they already separated by this point they were separated and yeah this is a a rematch from episode 48 so yeah two episodes ago gotcha okay so you know not only i'm pretty sure that was like one of the first rookie versus former pro matches now i guess we got like a rookie versus former pro rematch yeah (laughs) already making history (laughs) what is this so all right, so we get to, we get to into the match. Uh, you know, the commentators were. Yeah, I, I liked how you made note of the fact that the commentators were like kind of talking about the same thing that we were just saying that this is mm-hmm. a rematch and they have like a little bit of history from them. So it was that was pretty cool. Um, I, I noticed uh, a really good fallaway slam and in a follow-up to like a butterfly suplex mm. from masters yeah, yeah, yeah that was dope i always forget that like the follow-away slam is essentially like a suplex anyway but it's just like from a different position it, it's an I, it's an interesting move because it's like only people of that frame it looks good on so yeah that's why like people like razor uh bradshaw and masters like it fits their body type to do a move like that if that that's makes sense. true yeah yeah because it's it's a good counter move like you catch somebody like for some strange reason nobody uses the flying cross body until they face somebody who does like a follow-away slam yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> now, all of a sudden like everybody has the flying cross body in their like repertoire when they're against razor ramon <laughs> yeah hmm. <laughs> very suspicious indeed <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's how that went um, and then we had uh, another, I thought a good move from masters was, um, Saxon started to kind of take some offense with some rest holds, some submissions. He had him in a Kimura lock yeah. and then he reversed that into a Samoan drop, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Samoan drop is always an interesting move to me when you see anybody not Samoan, you're doing it. It's almost like sacrilegious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> what like are you doing that for, <laughs> I, I think that's why, uh, bro just took us off guard when he started doing the talking deaf grip because you're like, yeah, wait, it's a, like wait a minute <laughs> it's like cultural appropriation yeah. <laughs> it's like whoa 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 wait wait, wait a on. minute i didn't know you were tonguing <laughs> <laughs> but nobody ever says anything about the russian legs we no <laughs> never that's everyone's fair use <laughs> <laughs> we get a we get a huge spine buster from masters masters has some like really high impact moves in he this does match. yeah yeah like I feel like every time he did hit him, it was like a big move mm-hmm. <laughs> because after the spine buster, he sets up the master lock and then he finishes him off at um, Austin 316. Yep. <laughs> so uh, throughout the whole match, I thought it was cool that the the mat not not the masters, but the commentators kept it very um, like they didn't let us forget that they've wrestled before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like they kind of like kept that continuity running with the match. I really appreciated that from the commentary team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was it was it wasn't a squash match, but it was like it was a quick little sprint of a match. Yeah. And I think it it's probably the best example of like the type of match you should have on this show, just because how you said it wasn't really a squash because Byron got to uh work the arm which um Mm -hmm. masters was like selling really well and yeah like at the end it was just kind of like his experience kind of overtook saxton uh and it makes sense especially since they have like that former pro and rookie connection Mm -hmm. that like masters already knows how much uh how much experience saxon has so yeah i think how you said i i think it was like the perfect way of doing it since it wasn't a squash and it kind of gave both guys really good uh good good presentation i guess yeah i agree yeah and uh masters beat him the other time too right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah okay good yeah so like you know you got to keep that running like you can't just like win out of nowhere when you already lost to him so yeah yeah yeah. i thought that was dope yeah um yeah and then afterwards uh this one is personally one of my favorite segments just because i'm a huge uh gail kim mark <laughs> uh so this one was interesting because bateman and brian were just kind of backstage uh practicing the gu- guillotine chokehold 
And uh, yeah, we get Gail Kim's NXT on screen debut because after doing some research, yeah, uh, unfortunately, Gail never actually wrestled on NXT. Uh, so to me, this is like maybe her only appearance on on the brand. I don't know if she shows up in future episodes. Same thing as just like a on camera appearance. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, by just going through her her history uh it doesn't appear that she's ever wrestled a match there but uh yeah this also to me this was like the time where i was also a big daniel bryan mark uh, so then just kind of seeing the two of them like even on an on-screen presence it's just like really really cool <laughs> you have that daniel bryan shirt right? i do yeah 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 that's like his first wwe t-shirt and nice yeah it's 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 probably one of my favorite ones and i think that's why i stopped wearing it just so like it wouldn't have preserve that, it yeah yeah <laughs> that much wear and tear hell yeah hey guys oh hey gail oh you look great Thanks. oh do you know what you're talking about strength gail gail's got a great guillotine here gail yeah why don't you hold show on me? time out look i may just be a rookie but you can't pull the wool over these eyes you're gonna tap out to her to make her feel better no 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 I think I could show you a thing or two. Really? I think chicks don't know anything about submission wrestling. So what do you say you put the guillotine on me? This head right there. Okay. All right. You asked for it. Are you sure? Yep, bring it on. All right. Ready? Nothing, nothing to Come on, scream it. Oh my God. Is he going to be okay? Yeah, he's going to be fine, but... Oh my gosh, when you do submissions, gosh, that's so hot. Yeah, baby. And then uh, at that point, like, Brian says, like, oh, like, women applying moves is, like, super sexy or something something like that. And then they start making out. And then when uh, the camera pans down, like, Bateman's just, like, you know, egging, egging him on from, from the floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Out there being a good homie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I thought that was a fun segment. And... After that, we go to uh, commercial and we get our next matchup, which, uh, yeah, this one I thought was very interesting because we're pretty much continuing the whole pro versus former rookie pairing kind of uh, scenario because we have Brodus going up against Ted DiBiase Jr. Uh, This one, I'm actually surprised that it wasn't billed as the main event for this because you know mm. they've been kind of they had like the biggest storyline kind of yeah when you really actually think about it they've had the biggest story like it's cool that all the pairings have a storyline but from all of them yeah i would think that these two have the biggest uh storyline so far similar to season three where like caitlin and vicky were like the biggest mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah so i would think these two would have the biggest one but uh yeah like how you said i think i think ted still probably has the best theme during this era because it's the same thing as soon as he comes out i'm always still like <laughs> singing singing the theme song <laughs> I'm telling you man come from money and come from class and all the ladies they want my ass, my like, ass. Yeah, whatever <laughs> it says like, i'm telling you that's what i'm gonna always think it says you so, know. <laughs> that's how he would have got over if he if he just embraced that lyric <laughs> <laughs> he'd have been like Billy Gunn mixed with old school Ted DiBiase, like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who uh, who does that now? Uh, where like they they don't sing their lyrics, but they just kind of mimic the lyrics when they're like walking down the ring. Uh, someone did that, and I just can't pinpoint it right now. I know Stephanie McMahon does that every time she appears. Oh, really? Like she will sing the lyric, like she mouths the lyrics to her own song. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mouthing the lyrics. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Uh, but yeah, imagine if Ted did that, where he was just like say, <laughs> and then points to his ass. <laughs> it's like, oh man, he, he would have got that's himself funny. way over that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So before the matchup, yeah, this is the video package I had mentioned at the beginning where they show a really nice video package of what happened last week with the uh, Fatal 4-Way elimination matchup to determine uh, if the rookie wanted to switch pros. Um, Brodus obviously swerved everybody by by making people think he was going to pick DiBiase and then swerved us all by picking Del Rio. Uh, So yeah, I thought this was like a really good 
video package to kind of play before the matchup so people had more uh insight of what the what the beef was uh before the matchup starts again then yeah maurice comes down to the uh to the ring and of course gets a huge reaction from the crowd to start off the matchup dibiase tries to get brodus in more like a chokehold to just kind of slow down the big man to kind of put him in place before he starts getting in full momentum uh maurice during this whole matchup is pretty much just like flirting with the commentators where she's flirting with josh at first and then uh i think she gave like todd like her phone number or at least pretended to give him the phone number uh so all this i i think she's just of course doing it on purpose just to distract dibiase and then dibiase and brodus somehow find themselves outside the ring i forget how exactly they got there but then uh he threw him to the barricade and i don't know what you would call this because i don't think i've ever seen this move where like brodus was on the on the floor and then dibiase kind of did like a bowling ball type of like drop kick which is it's pretty much that setup when whenever there's like hardcore wrestling and they bring out like a bowling (laughs) ball so brodus was just like sitting down with his legs extended but then like dibiase did like a like a drop kick in that position, which is really out of character. I thought I, 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 <laughs> it, it just didn't make sense of like why they did you that. Know, so I, I think he was just trying different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> and he, he just decided to, you know, you know what, this is a good show for me to try new moves. Let's <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> uh, so yeah, after that, then Brodus actually gets control when, once they get back in the ring and, Dude, he delivered that really nice like T-bone suplex that look, I I made sure I, I put this down in my notes where like it looked really dangerous, but when you saw the replay, it did look really safe. But just yeah, just, just from that initial camera angle, you were like, oh crap! Like, did he actually? Yeah, I looked at it because I saw your note before I seen the move, and I was like, oh snap! And I looked at, it, I was like, oh okay, I see what it, it it was like. Um, they hit the ground at like hella different times, so the bump looked weird. Like mm, Brodus yeah, yeah. Hella hit the ground first and then uh like DiBiase hit the ground. It was it was slightly mistimed and then Brodus is heavy, so like him shaking the ground and like him kind of bouncing back up. It was like it was just a weird bump, but you could see that he didn't like land on his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they for sure showed the replay and the commentators were also at the same time saying, like, oh, he like barely missed his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it 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 sounded and looked really good and I think that's why it got a, a big pop too from the arena, just because mm-hmm. yeah, they probably saw it from a similar angle. They're like, "Oh crap! Did he did he actually just like land on his head or something like that?" But you notice that's like the craziest thing about like wrestling matches. Sometimes like the crowd will be kind of dead until they look like they almost killed each other. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it's like that's that's the only thing that will like bring them back to life, kind of a thing. Yeah, that's how you know the crowd was like they were still paying attention because it's like, "Oh man, that fool almost killed him." It's like, "Oh, y'all was just chilling, huh?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it, that's typically something you would see in like Japanese uh, wrestling, where like the crowd is usually <laughs> pretty quiet, and then they bust out like a crazy spot, and then they're like, "Oh!" But they don't like, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. like go nuts. It's just, yeah. oh. <laughs> but it's kind of cool to hear that too. Just like a, like a stadium full of people just going like, "Ooh," <laughs> slightly impressed. <laughs> so good (laughs) uh so yeah and then uh maurice is probably one of the first people to do a selfie before selfies became mainstream because Mm -hmm. she started taking photos of herself uh in like a selfie pose and even even the commentators were like oh she's she's doing a a photo with like the ring as her background so clearly no one had they didn't even know what to call it (laughs) yeah 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 so it was so weird to like hear them describe it without calling it a selfie and i I thought that was just really really funny and kind of show you shows you the uh the age that we're in at at that point (laughs) nice uh and yeah so in the closing sequence since maurice is still pretty much just distracting everybody she goes over to todd grisham and pretends to like kiss him and then at that point that's finally what like really distracted dibiase and then when he turned around and bro just kind of hit him with like a like a mini uh bulldog running power slam and he uh picked up the victory at 4 30 and yeah i you know what you know what as soon as you were kind of describing the first matchup 
Uh, I, I feel like this one is probably in a similar fashion, but just the opposite where like Broad is picking up the win instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they were just, you know, those are the kind of matches that uh, like ideally when they run them, they probably didn't need to, to like really go over it. They probably just called it on the spot. It was like, you know what? We know what the finish is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Let's just go out there and work it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, I, I like those kind of matches. Like they're not too short. They're not super long. They tell a little story with it. And you know, like say if you didn't have commentators, you would know exactly kind of like the story that they're trying to give you just by the match alone. Like mm-hmm. you'd be like, hey, woman, what are you doing over there with the commentary team? And she's like, what, man, I'm over here flirting. And Brodus is like, oh, time to take advantage. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. you know, like those kind of matches are the perfect type of like lot. It's almost like that was a house show match. It just was yeah, kind of yeah. like played out. It was. Yeah, I can totally so see I that. I thought that was dope. Mm-hmm. We get our. What is this like the second mini segment? Maybe yeah. We get another backstage promo. This time we get Byron Saxon confronting Mister Johnny Curtis, and the first thing that I caught was like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> as soon as like Byron goes back there, I think he said like, "Hey Johnny" or something like that, and then uh, Johnny Curtis was like, "Hey Carlton." <laughs> <laughs> hella quick <laughs> just hella just quick nonchalant like that was his real name so like it's cool just to see everybody kind of like realizing the fact that he kind of resembled him mm-hmm. so essentially uh byron saxon was trying to stir up some some stuff with him saying that our truth has been talking behind his back mm-hmm. you know he's like the saying that he's been getting big headed and stuff like that and curtis says like he does have a big head he wears a size eight baseball hat <laughs> and you know like a size like if a person wears a size eight baseball cap and they don't have a lot of hair, that's a huge head, bro. Oh, okay, <laughs> like, yeah, I, so I that's I, a I, huge head. I was actually going to ask you that too because you know I I don't really wear hats, but uh, yeah, I was wondering like, yeah, how big is that when when kind of that's a huge head? So like I ball headed wear a seven and a half. Oh, okay, and like sizes run in like metric, so like they'll go from. Just like the next one up from seven and a half is seven and five eighths, and then you get seven oh, and three fourths. Okay, and then from seven to see three fourths, then you get eight. Yeah, so like size eight hat is huge. I've seen an eight hat. I'm like nobody's head fits in there. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's probably like for people who got like you only not only do you have like a big head or maybe that you got dreadlocks or something like that something ah, okay. that just needed to fit like wide so essentially like you see how like my headphones is right there a size eight is probably like, yeah, like yeah. as big as the space in between my headphones that's pretty crazy what so yeah what, what i'm sure he's joking because i don't think his head is really yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what is like the um like the standard commercial like size limit like what's uh what what usually runs up to like the biggest size without it being like a custom custom job at that point? Um, I think you have to go beyond eight for it to be custom. Like oh, typical, okay. like to, like hat sizes runs the typical range. Like for adults, it'll run between seven and eight. So you oh, okay. get seven, like seven and an eighth, and a fourth, three eighths, half, oh, okay, five eighths, three fourths, and an eight. So like. From seven to eight, it's like that's a huge. I, yeah. I think it goes. I think it might be like by the inch. So like as you're in between that, you're getting like little notches because like from seven to eight, that's like a whole inch. Like that's yeah, hell yeah, big. Yeah. So oddly enough, like that was honestly like my biggest takeaway from that promo. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, that for some reason, like I, I was like, okay, if if you talk about this, what I'm I'm gonna ask you about hat mm-hmm. questions here. <laughs> but essentially. Uh, Curtis wasn't buying and he did yeah. them. <laughs> the, the moral of the story is that he wasn't buying uh, 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 what do we call it Saxton's yeah, like uh, pretty, pretty much yeah. he wasn't believing it you know hey Johnny how you doing hey Carlton what's up funny listen uh, how's your uh, how's your head doing man good how's your uh, neck after the master lock <laughs> could be better listen I, I want to talk to you because uh, I'm I'm worried about you Johnny Okay. You know, people are people are talking about you. You're pro our truth. He's talking about you. Yeah. You know what he's saying? What's he saying? He's saying your uh your ego's getting a little out of control, Johnny. Your head's getting a little too big for you. Actually I do have a big head. I wear a size eight baseball cap. Let's get one thing clear, Saxon. Truth and I, we're friends. You and me, we're not friends. 
You're actually the creepiest man I've ever met in my whole entire life. <laughs> so if you don't mind, right now, unlike you, I have a match to win. Smell you later, kid. Hey, Johnny. <laughs> Deny it all you want. You and I, we know the truth. And then after that, we get um, our uh, another in-ring segment. We get mm-hmm. the NXT Ricky Talk the Talk Challenge. Yes. And then this one was cool. I'm going to let you take this away because I know you enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, this one, I would think it's 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 up there. Like, it's either my favorite talk to talk because they've done this every season. Uh, it's it's up there with the one that they did a couple of weeks ago when our boy Connor was still there. But this one, I think, had a little bit more memorable moments from each person. Uh but yeah, this one is also worth uh, two points for for the winner. And yeah, if if you're new to the podcast, they've done this challenge before where it's pretty simple where each of the rookies get about 30 seconds to just talk about a certain topic to impress the crowd. And then at the end, uh, Matt Stryker will just kind of ask the audience like who they thought the their favorite was. And that's that's who determines the winner. Um, the first one was actually... Um, so Byron Saxon gets, uh, WWE pros and he, uh, all of a sudden he just kind of like raps and parodies our truth. But then at the end, our truth was pretty much just like showing him up by doing the what's up part and like pretty much winning the crowd over instead of Byron. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so I thought that was pretty funny that like our truth basically turned it, uh, turned it around at, at that point against him. Uh, and then we had Derek Bateman. Uh, yeah, Bateman and his topic was uh, Dolph Ziggler. And at first he was trying to praise Ziggler because he said like, oh, yeah, Ziggler is like the fastest rising star in <laughs> WWE. And even Ziggler himself kind of calls him out on that. He says like uh, six years isn't really a star, rising stars. <laughs> so that, that was kind of funny that like he was even like burning himself at that point. Uh, and then he starts uh, getting over like. Ziggler's original name was Turd Ferguson. <laughs> and that really just got over with the crowd where they started chanting. Uh, I'll play a little clip of it here. Dolph Ziggler, the fastest rising star in all the WWE. It's been six years. It's not that The bad. body of a Greek <laughs> god and the face of a worn out catcher's mitt. Now, here's a little fact about Dolph Ziggler you may not know. Dolph is not his real name. He actually legally changed his name from Turd Ferguson. Turd. 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 Is this You're what the turd. show has come to? Channing Turd. Uh, yeah, it, it's just funny that the something as simple as that, like anytime I guess when you bring like bathroom humor to like a live audience they easily gravitate towards that and never fails it never fails like we've seen it (laughs) multiple times and yeah it never fails (laughs) then uh this one is one of my favorite ones because johnny curtis gets uh chris masters as his topic (laughs) and before uh before he gets started he says like well i don't think i'm ever gonna top what bateman just did so i want to talk about someone else and then you can kind of hear uh masters in the background like hey you know just just talk about me so it was really funny just hearing like masters in the background during this whole segment and then uh yeah he slowly slowly just walks up towards brodus and then just uh you know shows him what the five fingers said to the face and then, <laughs> slap, yes, that <laughs> slap that <laughs> again <move>. again <laughs> and then uh ran out of the ring and yeah he's uh he's pretty much continuing the beef with with brodus especially <laughs> what uh brodus did to him earlier in the episode and this is where i thought it was really cool to just kind of keep that storyline going and Mm. last but not least we get brodus himself and his uh his topic was daniel bryan and brodus being the true the true professional that he still is um (laughs) he stayed on topic where he still participated even though like he was pretty upset at uh at johnny curtis at that point and, you know, he's just calling Daniel Bryan, like, generic, you know, like, watching uh, paint dry and all these other metaphors. Mm-hmm. But then he starts complimenting, like, oh, but, you know, I don't mind, like, that girl that you're rolling with in uh, Gail Kim. 
and says that uh, if she wants to ever be with a real man, she should come, you know, hang out with me. And then uh, at the very end, like Daniel Bryan pretty much like fat shames Brodus yeah. by saying like uh, real men aren't like fat guys or something like that. Which, uh, yeah, Brian, it would not it would not fly today, unfortunately. Mm, shame <laughs> on you, Mister Brian. You're yeah. better than that. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, at that point, Stryker kind of gets the uh, the fans to vote. Uh, Bateman ends ends up getting the biggest pop from the crowd and earns two more points. But like at the very end of the segment, uh, it was really funny because before they kicked it off to uh, Todd and todd and uh josh you can hear masters in the background saying like see if you talked about me you probably would have won and like if, <laughs> and when he was referencing uh johnny curtis so I, to me that was like the the last kind of joke that got in there that kind of hit the sweet spot for me that that's why i think nice i, I, I really enjoyed that segment there uh, it is bro <laughs> yeah so yeah overall like this is kind of like what i was saying at the beginning of the episode where i i like that they brought back that initial story that they build up from the um from the first challenge and then continuing like the beef between brodus and johnny curtis uh so a little bit of a a tangent here since i was watching the the youtube version they played a commercial here because normally we don't come we normally didn't get commercials on the wwe network but on youtube i think it's literally they just upload whatever was broadcasted on regular tv and just put it on mm, put it mm. on youtube so here we get a commercial for the chaperone by uh wwe studios featuring the game <laughs> triple h and a very young uh ariel winter from uh modern family which like oh for real she's like a baby here like she's so small like it's so insane that this movie is like 10 years old already <laughs> what yeah yeah uh so yeah i totally forgot about this and to me in my book i thought this was like one of wwe's earlier movies where i thought this was like movie number three or four or something like this this was actually wwe studios like 11th movie already um because they they've been around since uh 2003 and their first movie was the rundown which um was what's funny about i i been sure i wrote this down where what's funny about wwe studios it's like they pretty much book it like how they normally book like one of their WWE C shows like superstars or, or Sunday night heat where the first few movies they brought in like the big guns, like John Cena, the rock and everything. And then like, boy, and they pass them on down to the scrub. Yeah. Well, they had, <laughs> what uh, Randy Orton was in one of them movies too. And then what goddamn DiBiase Jr. <laughs> yeah. DiBiase Jr. And Kennedy. The Miz. the Miz has been a Marine from like what? Two, three, seven yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's literally the same booking where like they brought in the big guns for the first few mm -hmm. first to introduce it yeah <laughs> and then just whoever bro like hey man you want to start in the marine yeah, yeah. Man. yeah. <laughs> what was it, 12 rounds 12 <laughs> rounds yeah Ziggler was in one of one of them too. yeah i remember him super kicking uh rusa <laughs> who had a freaking gun of who all had them. a pistol <laughs> This is the greatest scene ever. It's <laughs> like the, with a pistol getting super gay. It's like the best gift that's like totally out of context. <laughs> I straight up just like, look, man. It's like when my mom walks in, it's like, what are they doing? Why does he have a gun? <laughs> Why does a pro wrestler have a gun? <laughs> what? <laughs> Where his shoes? Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought that was like really funny. And I, I just wanted to like do a little bit of research of like what what the timeline was looking like at that point. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm pretty sure this is exactly when I stopped watching WWE movies. Cause then what they had see no evil. I ain't watched that. Yeah. 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 And watch nothing with Kane. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think I probably watched. Yeah. The rundown and then the first Marine. And then yeah, that was it. I think. And now we get into our last match. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth transition there. <laughs> and now we get into our last match. Final segment. 
We get the combination of Johnny Curtis and R Truth. Full entrance, mind you. Yes. They make their way down. We get the music. We get the people in the back saying, What's up? All the white people in the crowd know the lyrics. <laughs> All the lyrics, pretty much. <laughs> I love it, man. Like they showed this one chick. She stood up, was like rapping all the lyrics, or her boyfriend was just kind of looking at her. It was like the quickest split second. Oh, she I- knew, like you could tell that she knew that whole song. Oh, my. I, I need to watch that back. <laughs> watch, run it back. And it's the quickest, like, you can see this chick jump up mid like <laughs> rapping the lyrics looking down at her boyfriend like come on stand up with me and rap it's like he's looking back like no I'm not about to do that that's hilarious dude <laughs> you'll see it cause she's wearing a John Cena shirt and it's like the most off-putting thing cause mm-hmm. then they show everybody who know the lyrics to the song are all like little kids and people wearing John Cena gear mm, okay yeah 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 <laughs> It was a it was a great little like image to be paying attention to while you're like taking notes. Like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody know the words to this song, and they all John Cena fans too. I know. <laughs> Needless to say, they make their way down, and then um, you know, our troops doing the microphone thing in people's faces, letting them all say what's up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was a great little scene. Then we get uh, the DB Squared team making their way down doing that thing mm-hmm. they are actually quite hilarious i like them together yeah they're a really good uh pairing pretty much throughout the whole season straight up so like the match gets kicked off um you know we get some nice arm drags shoulder tackles good chain wrestling mm-hmm. um opening bumping stuff like that solid like textbook drawn out like sequences mm-hmm. we had yeah. um, you know headlock takedown headlock takedown I think they did that like somebody did that twice and then there was a back yep Curtis had did a headlock takedown on Dan Bryan like twice and then he countered the last one with a suplex and it was like ah these are pretty much like uh fundamental drills that they were kind of running in the beginning right yeah like they're you know it almost looked like they were running drills because it was like all right look headlock and then throw me off to the ropes and then get shoulder tackled and mm-hmm. I, he ran it did it twice it's like man it just looks like they're running drills for everybody this is great yeah. so like you know it, it like my first note was like one would have never guessed that this was like a mixed rookie pro match with how yeah. well they were oh just kind of like yeah in there wrestling and just bumping and it just it you know it just looked like you were just getting taught something so mm-hmm. i enjoyed it that was like just solid uh like tag team wrestling at the end to kind of like you know wrap up a good almost like you know pretty much like a good night of a uh, wrestling this is like a third match mm-hmm. you yeah. know so um that was dope the majority of the beginning of the match was just uh pretty much kind of uh daniel bryan and Derek bateman tagging in and out working and isolating curtis mm-hmm. and then we um out of nowhere it's like uh, Curtis changes the ties with a supermodel kick out of the corner. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool. Cause then it's like, I, I forget that he uses that move and it's yeah, ironic yeah. that, that he ended up teaming up with a dude who used the, that uses it as a finisher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we both like this move. Uh, <laughs> so that was dope out of nowhere with that. Um, you, then we get a hot tag to R-Truth. He starts cleaning the house mm-hmm. with uh, trademark R-Truth offense. Like, we get some hip tosses. Uh, he is, like, falling hip toss. He does, like, the hip toss where he does kind of, like... And then, oh, they do the thing where he does the splits. He's doing all all of the R-Truth stuff, and I forget, like, how athletic and just, like, good it's, that R-Truth is. It's so smooth, too. It's, like, flawless, like, the way he does it. And he does it every time, too. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, they'll do the thing where he does the... Uh, where they whip him to the corner and then you run at him and then he does the the up and over and then he does like the back mm-hmm. handspring. Yeah. The guy, man. Yeah. That guy. Ridiculous. So that was dope. Um, at some point, we get Johnny Curtis back in the ring. They had a double su- suplex mm-hmm. to kind of change the, the guard there. Daniel Bryan is tagged in. Uh, we get some offense there. Things kind of change. And then we get um, Curtis trying to go for his like finishing kind of leg drop. Yeah. Misses wildly. And then he gets Brian and tries to roll him into a backslide. Darren Brian says, nope. Reverses <laughs> that. Goes for the LaBelle lock and gets the win at 7.58. Yes. Dude, yeah. I I think how you said it was, uh, it was just smooth because when you 
look at it. I I think we kind of said this at the beginning of the the season too, where Bateman and uh and Curtis are probably the most solid guys from from the uh the six original rookies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you see all four of these guys in the ring, it just it just feels like they're all pretty much at that. I mean, granted, like Truth and Brian have way way more years in you know under their belts, mm-hmm. but the way that they all four of them were flowing together, it was just like it just felt like a regular match, and and I mean that in a good way, where it's mm-hmm. like you you couldn't really tell who was a pro and who was a rookie at that point, just based on how smooth they were. I agree, dude. Like you know, uh. Actually, you know what? I'll let that comment run into the scoring. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh same thing for me. I the only the only notes I had was um that during the match, uh I believe it was Josh that he was kind of joking around that Scott Stanford and Jack Capella were were gonna join them for like commentary next week and make it like a four man booth, but he was joking around. Uh I don't know if you ever heard of Scott Stanford before. So Mm-mm. he's been yeah, he's he's been in WWE since twenty or yeah, uh two thousand nine. And he I only know this because yeah, during this time is where I was watching a lot of WWE superstars and he mm. was doing commentary mostly on those shows what, since they were like just being uploaded to YouTube. So I was just watching him and the guy has a really good voice. And I think he's also like uh, an award winning, like uh radio uh, mm. personality and stuff like that. Uh, I'll send you a clip after, but yeah, the, the guy has like a really good voice and I really loved his commentary that I thought, he was going to be the next like JR. I honestly, mm. because he just had such a presence, like his voice is very distinguishable. Uh, and yeah, I thought he was going to be pushed to bigger places, but then he kind of just stayed at that level where he was only just doing like WWE's like international shows or like, yeah, the, these like C level shows that were just broadcasted in other, uh, in other countries. Um, but I didn't know that he was still with the company today because because mm. like he's he's now on like those uh wwe network shows like um this week in wwe so he still does that show uh so I, i'm guessing he probably has like a similar deal to what some other people have where like they just work two jobs and he's probably just mm-hmm. more, more like a like a part-timer but it's really cool that he's been secretly in the company uh for that long already uh but that's yeah. dope yeah, but I'll, I'll send you a clip, and yeah, I, I think you'll you'll like the guy's kind of like his his voice and his broadcasting style. Nice. And speaking of Long Island, here comes the Long Island IC. Welcome to WWE Superstars, everybody. I'm Scott Stanford alongside honorary Broski of the Week, Josh Matthews, and Josh. This this <laughs> You're doing it nice, baby. This could be a huge night for the Woo 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 Kid here in his hometown. What a physical match here on Superstars. Oh, face first goes Primo. That's gotta do it. Oh, Zach holding out of the ropes. Very smart maneuver. Rough Rider time. Wow, out of nowhere. That's gotta do it. Zach Ryder victorious on Long Island. Uh, cool. So. Yeah, that will end the episode. And before, or actually, yeah, let's get into our scores before we get into the next episode. Uh, so I, I'll start off with commentary because I, I definitely want to hear what you give matches, and you might uh, influence me at that point. <laughs> uh, so for commentary, yeah, I gave it, and I actually gave it a four this week, hmm. based on, um, based on everything that we kind of talked about earlier where I think commentary did a good job, especially where they did a good mix of like, they got themselves over on the entertainment side with the matchup with Maurice and DiBiase since like they were just kind of playing the flirtatious game with Maurice and just getting themselves on the entertainment side there. But then, yeah, they brought it back where they did a lot of good commentary for the storytelling that we said with um, Brodus and, and Curtis and then overall, like just still getting the concept of the show over, they they still made sure that the audience, like who were tuning in, knew how important like the seasons were. Because compared to the season, the 
the seasons that we were covering before with Michael Cole. Uh, he, of course, was kind of treating it like a joke. But now since Todd is like got his his groove on with with Josh, like now they're at like that point where they're actually treating the show with a little bit more respect uh, mm-hmm. and then really making sure that the audience cares about the product. So, yeah, I just I just thought they 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 stood out to me when I like remember the episode. So I, I think they did uh, like a really good job overall. Nice. I have commentary at three and a half. Oh, okay. Um, I thought they did more than just a typical uh, mumbo jumbo. Like they did a good job putting over all the matches, mm-hmm. making sure we knew that, you know, um, Saxon and Masters were having a rematch. Mm-hmm. I felt like they did a, a great job at putting everything over that needed to be put over. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, uh, I, I, I thought they were humorous at, at times too. So yeah. th- three and a half was for me. Nice. I actually put the same thing for matches as well, but ah, originally okay. I had three. So I was like, oh, they only had three matches. That's good. But then like kind of going back and thinking about it, I was like, you know what? These matches were, they weren't the longest matches, but they also weren't the shortest matches. But mm-hmm. I feel like they all kind of, you know what? I feel like, Everything just seemed like a really good house show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, even the matches, like, if they didn't have any commentary during the matches, I feel like the matches themselves told their stories well enough to where you could have just been like, I know exactly what's going on. Like, yeah, or yeah. like if you didn't speak English and you watch those matches, it, it would still mm, make sense. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I was curious to what you thought because I was on the fence of what to give it. But yeah, I also just gave it a 3.5. Like that was my original score. So I um, I also, I'll, I'll stick by my original score because kind of the same thing how you, how you said where uh, it, it just felt where even though that they weren't like going over the top because we were just talking about like a lot of it was a lot of fundamental moves. But kind of when I thought back and thought about like how, yeah, um masters was selling the arm and and then someone was selling the leg i think in the last match too but i I can't remember uh but then yeah i I think it was just a good job of like really strong fundamentals and that kind of just shows you like how much how much talent there is in the ring this season where even though they're not doing like crazy spots or whatever just the fundamentals of wrestling is already like doing enough at that point so yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. It was just like, you know what? You guys don't have to do a a a, a spot fist. It just mm-hmm. to have like medium size length matches either. Like, so it was good to just see dudes just go out there and wrestle. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Uh awesome. So for production, yeah, I, I ended up just changing it now to a three point five. Uh just because of yeah when i was kind of breaking down everything that we were talking about i was like well yeah i think the booking on this episode was really well done because mm-hmm. when you really think about it too you only have four key players to play with now since it's just four rookies left um and then for them to be able to fill an hour of programming still but it doesn't feel like they're stretching it or um just fabricating like the length of the episode mm-hmm. like it actually made sense uh, every segment that made sense and it added on to the other segment that, yeah, I think they, they did a really good job on this episode and yeah, like how we said the flow of it just felt, felt right where they mm-hmm. had, um, they had a, uh, in ring segment, then a wrestling match and then in ring. And so it just bounced around really, mm-hmm. really smoothly. That's dope. I, I had mine also at three originally and changed it 3.5 for, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much the same reasons. Cause it was like, everything was placed well um i feel like they're the pros this season are playing a really good part in the matches like yeah yeah yeah. like masters and ziggler and dibiase really get down when they're in matches so Mm -hmm. it's like and they're not i mean masters is very buff but he's not like you know over the top huge or nothing like that so mm-hmm. even their body types kind of like mesh well with the guys that are left right now so just having them run matches and then R-Truth in there running matches with the guys like it it 
makes the matchups when they run the matches really good. It makes them flow a lot better. I feel like than some of the other seasons. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel like uh, the skill sets are more like evened out because like who's left right now, like those all the guys can go. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like versus like season one, they, David Otunga made it hella far. And it was like, bro, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no yeah. offense to you, but, you know, you're not necessarily like on the same par as some of these other guys who are in the ring. So, right, right. But right now, when we're watching this season, like as soon as they get in the ring, like, you know, there's no reason to not have a good match with anybody they have left. Mm-hmm. So the production was really good there. Um and then I felt the same way about entertainment. Like now that I'm going back and look at it, like all my scores are now the same at 3.5. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> entertainment. I felt the same way. Like um, everything about the show was like placed in a way like it, it was supposed to be there, mm-hmm. but it was a little bit better than I feel like almost it was what it was supposed to be. Right. So right. whereas like, you know, you have a baseline in your head of what you go out to do just everything was executed a not i don't want to just say like a little bit better but it was just executed very well mm-hmm. so like everything i thought you know was three and a half like it was a good episode to just get in there watch and now it's like all right where are we going next mm-hmm. nice yeah i uh i just gave it a little bit higher where i gave it a four um, but I think it was literally where I was on on the fence where I was like, should I give it a 3.5 or should I give it a four? I'm going to stick with the four just to kind of like kind of balance out like what you what you just said with mm-hmm. everything where I think um, even though this like episode wasn't like flashy when it comes to like they didn't have any gimmicks of like, oh, it's not an elimination week. It's not a premiere or it's not uh, where they bring in like a special guest wrestler or anything uh it's one of like probably the most standard episodes where like nothing really happened where if you missed the episode um nothing was going to affect next week but i think in saying that i i thought it was just like a really fun episode to watch um and and that's that's really good when you think about it when you just take it by its merits um it's kind of like when randomly when you watch like an episode of nxt from uh from the weekly broadcast and there's just like that really random episode that's really really good even though there's low, no marketing behind it kind of a thing where it just ended up being like a really good show just because of like the 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 matches that they had or like like yeah in that case like maybe some segments that were just really fun and entertaining so i think to me that's why like i just gave it like a higher score just because it was supposed to just be like a casual episode of nxt but yeah i, I just thought it was really fun I did too. I felt like it was to me, it just ran like a good house show. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, when you go to a house show, it's, it's not supposed to be super big and flashy yeah. and all that stuff. Like you just kind of go get in there and it's kind of like bare bones of what a wrestling show is kind of is. Yeah. 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 Like I watched this episode and it was kind of at its core at bare bones what you're, like what a good NXT episode is like you get in there, you have some matches, the Mm -hmm. matches aren't bad. The matches aren't super long, but they're not super short. You got some like uh, mini segments backstage that are like pretty, pretty funny, not hella funny, pretty funny, Mm -hmm. easy to watch. What you got was easy to absorb. Like Gail Kim's there. They're goofing off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Saxon and Curtis are like kind of goofing off. Um, And then your in-ring kind of like NXT segments that no other show has and those are delivered because yeah. like the arm wrestling is like okay that's pretty entertaining and that was still a work they worked the crowd with that yeah, yeah um yeah. you know what I mean the whole talk to talk thing was hilarious and like it's different phases because that, that's something they also could have did at like a live show mm-hmm. and then especially having the guys up on a ramp talking from here and there like <laughs> oh yeah, yeah just every every now and then throughout the whole episode you just hear somebody from the ramp just saying something that's like in this like those little things get the crowd going mm-hmm. and those little extra things are just those are like veteran moves yeah little yeah, stuff yeah. like that little stuff like that but it's almost like we got to see it on tv when you don't necessarily always get to see it like that on tv yeah so 
I thought it was dope. Yeah. And and like I think your example of just saying that it's like a house show vibe, I think is like the perfect way to summarize it at that point because it's it's the same thing like with either um WWE when it is like the house show crew or um or like an independent show that you're pretty much just working with what you got and yeah, they still did like an amazing mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, so with that, our combined score for episode 50 is a 3.6, which, yeah, I, I think is, yeah, I, I think this is a perfect score for all the, 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 the points that we made. And I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that score. Like, it just makes sense. Yeah. Like, even when I was thinking about my scores, I was like, I don't want to say four, but I don't want to st- throw 3.75s in there yeah exactly like, yeah and then since the average came out like that i'm like oh perfect that's exactly what i would call this episode like 3.75 in certain areas mm-hmm. exactly but no lower lower than three and a half anywhere exactly yeah perfectly summed up hold up so that will do it for that episode and on the next episode on uh, February 8th, 2011, the main event. Uh, I'm very excited for this because of the points that we just made up. They've been building up to a Johnny Curtis versus Brodus Clay, and that is exactly what we're going to get for the main event for next week. So, yeah, that should be that should be a good one just because they've pretty much been building up to this since uh, since pretty much the beginning of the season. So we'll see what happens when... These two rookies go at it. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Here we go. Oh, man. <laughs> awesome. So that will do it for our podcast on this episode. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't think I had any major plugs, I guess, on my end. I, I guess I'll just uh, kind of plug the amount of love that we've just been getting in our podcast family, which on... Um, on Twitter, we call it Podern Family, just because like it's a play on Modern Family and podcasts. So. Uh. <laughs> just, 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 the, just the look on your face made that worth it. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just a shout out overall to the whole Podern Family <laughs> on uh, on Twitter and social media, where uh, yeah, just. Um, as we all know, like Twitter and I guess social media in general can just be both uh, toxic, but also very, uh, very positive if you surround yourself in the right environment and right group of people. So, yeah, definitely shout out. Uh, I can't name them all just because it, it would just take up the whole podcast, but uh, definitely a shout out to the whole uh, podcast family out there. And you know who you are if you're listening so <laughs> there we go uh so yeah just wanted to do a shout out and more than likely I'll, i i will give out the shout outs on our uh season finale episode uh, at that point nice uh yeah any anything on on your end nah man not this week not this week all right nah we'll uh touch base next next time and mm-hmm. see what's up yeah, we we need to get like battle results for next week and see how I feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then 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 at that point we'll we'll see. Yeah, where the love goes. <laughs> Either some thumbs up or some fu's. <laughs> if, if we just if we just start swearing at someone every five minutes during the podcast, <laughs> you'll you'll know what happened. <laughs> Alrighty, so for your boy Nando O'Brien, and what is what am I today? Your <laughs> guy, El <laughs> <Yo>, Truth. <laughs> we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. Yeah. <laughs>